Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This is the Action Network Podcast. On the way, and it is good. All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's down to seven seconds. It's the truth for the win. Good. Oh! He did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot. Shock it all in college basketball. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. What's up, the Generation? Welcome to the Action Network podcast. This is the NCAA tournament bracket initial reaction episode. I'm Stucky, and with me tonight is the one and only and only. Mike Randall, Colin is uh, watching baseball somewhere, I think. What's going on, Mike? What's going on, man? Best time of year. We got our matchups. We got our lines. I mean, let's get rolling. This is the day, you know, Sunday afternoon, it starts to feel like Christmas a little bit before the bracket. So it's like you found that you found the presents that your parents hid. I, I doubt there's anyone that's under that still believes in Santa that's listening to this. So you, but you have to wait until you open them and you get to play with them. So we have our gifts. We will get to open them on a Friday. We have to wait an extra day. But after last year, I don't care. I'll wait two extra days, not three. We're pushing it. But we'll start on Friday. Uh, we have a lot to get to. This is just kind of high-level thoughts, games that you like right away. We're going to fill out a bracket together. I was thinking of some rules, how we'll do this. I'll get to that later. And uh, we'll have episodes later in the week. We'll have an episode that goes over all the games on Friday. Con will be back for that one. And all the games, well, another episode that goes over all the games on Saturday, like in-depth. Like, I'm going to spend the next two or three days. All I'm going to be doing is looking at these matchups and just drowning in them. But this is kind of more just a high-level overreaction. I guess we'll start from the weekend. Uh, one takeaway, Randolph. Following the momentum, right? The Oregon States of the world, Georgetown just absolutely crushes Creighton. John Thompson looking down from above. Oregon State super hot. I guess my my gripe is I liked Oregon State to cover against Oregon at the end of the season. And Oregon just came in with a chance to win the Pac-12 and just crushed them from the start. But then the matchup that I thought would happen happened in the Pac-12 where the Beavers have played well. Tinkle's done a great job as the head coach. So just riding the momentum across the board, man. That's what it was. And Alabama gave us a a great one today in the SEC against LSU, who showed up big time with that offense. I mean, 
Watford and the crew, they can get rolling. So just some great games, great finishes. And listen, hashtag follow the momentum. That's that's what it comes to in March. Yeah, yeah. You get these teams. I mean, look at look at Georgetown. Uh, Georgetown, just unbelievable run. The Georgetown Hoyas are big East tournament champions and NCAA bound. Coach Thompson, I know you love it, big fella. Your boys did it. Your boy did it. Patrick Ewing and the Hoyas are champions of the Big East Conference. They held three teams, three teams under 60 points in the Big East tournament. Hadn't done that once in the past three seasons. I mean, just crazy Georgetown. Just, I mean, Creighton no-showed. I, I don't know what that was. But you have to give credit that Georgetown is going to be dancing. And Georgetown usually loses to a double-digit seed. Now, that look, this is the way for them to maybe make a run. Get in as a double-digit seed. Uh, so the tournament should be fun. March Madness has finally returned. And there's only one way to celebrate. Let's get gambling. 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 <laughs> Let's start high-level. Give us uh, who do you think the biggest snub was? Well, I mean, listen, across the board, these were pretty good matchups. You know where my heart is, man. I wish Colorado State got in, but the Colorado State Utah State game, that was it. That was the one right there, man. That was that was their chance to get in. No problem. Nico Medved did a great job. They're in the uh, the at large teams there in case somebody goes out and they're going to have everyone back. So you talked about a top 25 next year uh, for sure for Colorado State. Uh, Everyone's upset about Louisville. Guys, what are you upset about here? I mean, they're good wins at Duke in overtime in Western Kentucky. One in six against quad ones. Uh, no Malik Williams. Everything that they have there. And the co- listen, COVID pauses occurred, guys, but they occurred to almost everyone. So you can't say with Louisville they should be in because of the COVID pause because some other teams fought through. The one that probably frustrated you, it may listen, St. Louis is super talented, man. But that St. Bonaventure performance, that was a poor performance there, getting smoked. Love the, the Billikins, but they never quite got back to the level they were before the break. They were ranked stuck after they came back off the pause. They were still ranked in the top 25. That's how good people thought they were, but they just couldn't get it together. And after their pause, losses back-to-back to Dayton and LaSalle, it's not good enough. Yeah, no, I agree. They did, their profile wasn't good enough as much as I love them. And, yeah, I mean, Louisville beat I, – I didn't have any problems with Louisville not getting in. They, they didn't beat – I mean, they beat Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech played that game like it was two days. They had to travel on the road two days after they beat Florida State. Like, it was just an awful spot for a Georgia Tech team doesn't have much depth. And then they beat Virginia Tech by two at home. That's the only two tournament teams they beat. Like, you mentioned Western Kentucky. They didn't make the tournament. Duke didn't make the tournament. So I have no problem with Louisville not making it. Uh, and then they get blown out in the ACC tournament against Duke. Memphis is just a tricky – I think that they're one of the 35 most talented teams in the country. And I mean, they just kill themselves with dumb turnovers and missed free throws, which I mean, they're just, they're outside the top 300 of both those categories. No quad one. Yeah, no quad one wins. I just, I hate that Wichita got in over them because I hate Wichita. I mean, I look at my power ratings. I have, I have Memphis just significantly better than Wichita state who I, and it's like Wichita state loses to Cincinnati. It's like, freshman team in the AAC tournament I, I, that this pushes out state they they're I think 10 and they were 10 and one in games decided by five points or less including overtime wins over South Florida and UCF 
until they finally lost one to Cincinnati's B team. You know who stuck it to your to Memphis, your favorite guy, Frank Haith and Tulsa. Because <laughs> they, yeah. they beat they beat Memphis twice and Wichita State had no bad losses. They beat Houston, that's a huge one, and they won at Old Miss, which basically probably was a, an elimination game. Yeah. I mean Memphis did beat Wichita by I think like 25 in their only meeting. But I, I look I I don't have a huge problem with it. I just wanted to see them in and I was glad that Memphis covered against uh against Houston. Penn State, I think, is one of the 40 best teams in the country, but they just they just lost so many close games. They got an 11-14 record. They lost a couple overtime games. They lost by one in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, it goes on, and I feel bad for those seniors, but I could see it. Wichita State is by far the worst team. By far, because I'm way – yeah, by far. When's the next one? They got an at-large in my power ratings. I have them as the 88th best team in the country. 88th. And I know power ratings are different from, but I'm just saying the next worst is next worst is Drake. And they play each other. But um, yeah, so I don't whatever. This year it was crazy. It was weird. Some of the matchups I disagree with. So let's get to that. When the bracket first came out, we already talked about snubs, whatever. The field is what the field is. We mainly care about the brackets and our bets. We'll deal with it now. But who, who, what, what, just screamed at you from like, oh my God, I can't believe they got this seat or, oh my God, I can't believe they gave this matchup. Uh, What were your initial reactions there? First thing right off the page, this was my guess. They revealed that bracket, the order they went in. Illinois has Loyola Chicago or Georgia Tech in the second round. Stuck, I know why they did that. Because if they put Loyola Chicago, Georgia Tech in Michigan's bracket, Loyola Chicago, Georgia Tech, the winner of that, could really knock out Michigan. I feel like that was some sort of concession there. I don't know why Loyola Chicago is an eight. Makes no sense. Georgia Tech's a nine. They just won the ACC tournament. Thank you for the futures for Colin and I. They're very good. But that is a lethal second-round matchup on a team that people like, Loyola Chicago, in a future going forward. The second thing that popped off the page is it's Gonzaga's bracket to lose in the West. I mean, Kansas gets a three. They're not bringing three guys. McCormick is, is going to be one of them for sure uh, to Indianapolis. So I got upsets all over the place. We'll get in that a little bit later. But Gonzaga, if they're going to make it, go ahead. Uh, I think they're going to play Oregon, but we'll talk about that. And the other one stuck for our futures. I kind of like that Midwest draw for Illinois and Rutgers, two of our uh, futures there. So uh, th- those are my initial reactions off the top. Pretty good, pretty good job by the committee. You like Rutgers? You like the Rutgers draw? I, I will like get the, to that. Well, yeah, they, you know, Houston, no center. I just feel like it, it was the best of a, a matchup they could possibly have than get out of that first round against Clemson. Fair enough. Um, we will get to each region. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that that was the thing that stuck out to me. I mean, Georgia Tech won the ACC tournament is much better than their some of their like season-long metrics because they started off the year with horrible home law. I think they lost to Georgia State and Mercer at home. But the reason for that was Josh Pastner, for whatever reason, because of the virus, he decided that leading up to the season they were going to do non-contact practicing. Like what? <laughs> like you're in this like you're in the same locker room together. You're playing together. Like the virus isn't like uh, you, if you touch the person, that's how you get it. Um, so very bizarre. Google it. Like they, I, I don't know what what Pastner was thinking there, but they had practice, but they they, they weren't like touching it. So th- it reminded me of college football. Uh, listeners will remember this. Navy was it Navy? Yeah, Navy wasn't doing contact practices in leading up to their first game, and then they played 
BYU, who ended up being a juggernaut, but they played BYU and BYU, they, they didn't, they couldn't tackle because like obviously they haven't been practicing tackling. And then they just played their first live game against another team who has been. So like, I, I was like, all right, I really can't take much from this game. This is the first time Navy's been tackling. I remember playing football. Like the first time you tackle, you're rusty as hell um, in like practice and drills. So Georgia Tech was doing non, I don't know how non-contact basketball to just like no one's guarding you. And I don't know. Um, so they lost those two games. The profile looks a lot worse. I mean, I love them. Maybe Moses is right. Jose Alvarado, they have scores on the wings. Um, they could make the run legit. And Loyola Chicago could too. The thing is now, like most think like, and I don't like, Oh, really? I don't think that they can run their offense as well as they want to against Georgia tech. It's going to run a lot of zones. And you have Moses right in the middle for Cam Crutwig. Like, Loyola, it's not a great matchup for them. And then if Loyola moved on, it would have to be Crutwig versus Kofi. Like, uh, awful. Loyola, I have Loyola and Georgia Tech as top. But just look at Georgia Tech for a second. ACC champ. I have them as a top 30 team right now. Um, but Georgia Tech will have to, to get, in order to get to the Sweet 16, a team that's peaking at the end of the year, they have to be two top 20 teams. Like, that's crazy. Um, and then Illinois, it's, it's, it's I think that they'll, they'll beat the winner, but that's not – those are two teams that are much better than an 8-9. and nine. Yeah, Illinois, you could make an argument right now, is deserving of the second overall number one seed. I know that they didn't get it, but they're – I mean, they're playing as well as anybody right now. They have Loyola, Georgia Tech. They also have Kate Cunningham in that bracket. I mean, that that is a rough, rough run for them. But you know what? If anybody can handle it, it's them. Georgia Tech, you're right, 33 in the net. And they started the season, lost to Georgia State and Mercer. Georgia State in that four-overtime game. But then from then on, got pretty hot, won six in a row to end the regular season, beat Miami, the nice win over Florida State the other night. They got the point guard. Alvarado got the rest because the, the UVA game was, was canceled because of the COVID exposure. But, yeah, one of the hottest teams in the country. And I bet stuff. Right now it's Loyola Chicago minus one and a half. I bet everybody's going to be on Loyola Chicago for that game. And, and I'm starting to lean the other way. Yep, same. Um and all right, let's get let's go right into the bracket. All right, so what I figured that we do, I'm going to go through first one quick thought on each region, and then what we'll do is we'll start in in the West, and we'll fill out that entire bracket. Like you'll start with a game, I'll start with a game, and we're going to go through all these games completely in depth. So we don't have to spend a ton of time uh, on them, and then we'll rotate all the games you per region. So for the West. You get one veto, so you can use it whenever you want. <laughs> okay. And I get one veto, and I can use it whenever I want. And you have to use it, or or if you don't use it in that region, it carries over. But you have to use four. You have to use four vetoes at some point. All right. So let's start in the West. Just give me one thing that stuck out to you. This is the the region where, by the way, not worrying about like travel is kind of nice. Like. I mean, some teams have to travel further, but like it's all right. Everyone's playing in Indianapolis. One less thing to worry about. And there's going to be some fans, which will be nice. Uh, but Gonzaga is the number one overall seed in the West. They will take on the winner of Norfolk State, Appalachian State. By the way, Norfolk State runs this like weird floppy zone. It's like a that's what it's called, a floppy zone. It's like like a three-two matchup zone, a two-three zone, a man-to-man. I don't know how affected it will be. The MIAC is garbage. I think App State should win that game, but neither of them are beating Gonzaga. So who cares? But just wanted to throw that out on the playing game since we're recording later in the week. So the West, Randall, what what were what is one game? It doesn't be from a betting perspective yet, but or just a game that intrigues you or 
uh, a Cinderella run? What did you see in the West when you first looked at it? Doing an article in action this week about the playing game. And we all know going back to the VCU years at the playing game, one of those teams usually gets hot. I met, we talked about Wichita state. I think Drake is the better team. And if hemp Hill's ready to go, they're very much the better team. They are very live against USC. Uh, USC, of course, Evan Mobley inside is wonderful, but if hemp Hill's back, they've learned to play without him. Yusef, who's been fantastic with, with the playing time he got because of the Roman Penn injury. So I see some upsets here across the board. We'll talk about Ohio. Uh, you know I love my Ducks there. So, yeah, I, I I see there's a lot of first-round upset possibilities. That was the first thing that came to mind when I saw the West. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That was the first thing. It's I wanted Wichita in because I hate Wichita. It's not that I hate them. I mean, I like ETN. Uh, I like Gilbert. But they're just not very good. They're, they're not a great team, and they win a bunch. So I wanted to get them in. And people remember the Houston win, which is a great win, but it's one game. Like, yeah, one win. But the rest of their profile, all the rest, they've, they've won so many games by one or two points. And then in the game, they thought they had a win. They lose to sit Like, Stitsy's without Williams is a mess, and they somehow lost that game. Uh, so I'm not a buyer uh, in Wichita. I, I don't know why Drake is catching two. I make them a tiny favorite. So, all right, let's start. You start with Gonzaga versus the winner of Norfolk Cap. You can basically just for this one say Gonzaga moves on if you want. Yeah, Zags move on. I like App State. I'm with you in that first-round game against Norfolk. They have that weird stuff. And App State's super hot at the end of the year. Went through Coastal Carolina, Georgia State. But, yeah, of course, Zags move on. Yeah, uh, this second game, since we're just filling out a bracket, we're going to go over all of these from a betting perspective. We'll throw some, some betting nuggets in as well. But for this next game, Oklahoma, Missouri in the 8-9. I think Missouri can – look, Oklahoma is going to sag off the perimeter. They're, Missouri can't really shoot. I don't think it's a terrible matchup for Oklahoma, but Oklahoma has been fading fast. This is one from a bracket perspective. This game I probably won't end up betting. From a bracket perspective, it doesn't really matter. Like this, like I don't think either one of these teams can beat Gonzaga, so I, I won't spend much time on it. I'll take the more – reliable offensive team in Oklahoma. I don't feel great about it. I have to dig into this game more. Yeah, I don't like the way Oklahoma's been playing at the end of the year, and I think Missouri can match them inside. It really struck me watching Oklahoma with Kirk Kurth, I'm saying that right, inside he posts up right and they just don't throw him the ball because he knows he can't they can't he can't score so there's going to be an advantage with Tillman inside for Missouri I I'm going with Missouri there but I I listen Oklahoma is the better coach team and Lon Kruger's done a wonderful job but it really bothered me because teams sort of figured out that you have to press out on those guards and you can just let Kerp post and uh, post inside he's not going to do anything so kind of lean Missouri there but I get it Missouri's going to turn the ball over too but it's a coin flip yeah you don't want to use your veto there right no 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 too early okay all right, Creighton, UCSB. This is a bad matchup for for Creighton. Ja'Cory McLaughlin is the player wow. of the year in the Big West. Fantastic job. You had him nailed there against UC Irvine. UC Irvine, big inside. They just ran with him right off the court. Creighton does not make free throws. Santa Barbara does. So who do I have moving on on this game? Oh, boy. Uh, I, I love Santa Barbara with the points for sure. That That's no doubt. Creighton just, if they don't make their shots, they just disappear. And you know what? If you want to go with the narrative-based mojo with the whole thing with McDermott, he came in the locker room after the big win. They didn't even jump on him. I, you know, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. But Santa Barbara's good and no one knows about him. Their pass next done a fantastic job. This is a team that defends inside the arc well. I want to take Santa Barbara to move on. Five versus 12, right? In the last few years that we've had that, 
I mean, there were three teams in 2019 in the 512 matchups that won. Liberty beat Mississippi State, Murray State, Marquette, Oregon beat Wisconsin. So 12s are always live. I'm going for it here. You may use the veto on me, but I think it's a good matchup for Santa Barbara. Don't hate it at all. Yeah, and I don't know. It's like I love the Santa Barbara team. They are rock solid. You got Amadou inside, Amadou so inside. Like they, it's they're a really, really good team. Now, no one ever watches them, um, and no one knows about them. But Corey McLaughlin played at Oregon State um, yeah. for a couple of years. This is his, I think it's his fifth year playing. I mean, he was at Oregon State back in 2017. Um, he is fantastic. Um, and they will be in the game right till the end. They really don't have many weaknesses. I, I mean, if you look at UCSB from a statistical, I mean, they've been, I, it's, they, they should be able to dominate the glass here too. I mean, I don't even, God, there's just, I don't, I look at this team and I don't see many flaws. Like, obviously, it's not as, they don't have as much raw talent as some of the top 10 or 20 teams. But I think this is a legitimate top 50 team. And Creighton is, we've seen Creighton this year. They blow big leads. They have some, you know, very questionable losses. That Georgetown no-show, maybe there's something going on with the locker room. So don't hate it. Not using my veto. Uh, 13. I mean, I'm going, we're going to get crazier. We're going 12 first 13. I'm going Ohio over Virginia. Jason Preston. But by the way, this line is quite open. 10 and a half. Insane, insane insanity. Uh, Ohio matches up really well. They have guards who can break down Virginia off the dribble. They can penetrate and kick out. They have shooters. Um, they have big shooters too. Some big shooters that, that can draw Virginia's defense. I mean, it's Jason Preston. I don't know. What are they going to try to put Beekman on him? Kia Clark sure as hell can't cover him. Um, I, I love this matchup for Ohio. Ohio's defense is trending up in the conference tournament. Look, they beat three higher seeds in the MAC tournament. They didn't beat, just beat them. They were beatdowns. Uh, Jason Preston is an NBA caliber player. <clears throat> he will be the best player on the court. And this Ohio team's peaking at the right time. Virginia, by the way, dealing with COVID. They're not even practicing this week. I don't even know who they're going to bring to this game. So, like, that, they, they're going to have five. They say they're going to have five guys. Tony Bennett came out and said, yeah, this is an interesting way to prepare. They're not practicing. So, you want to talk about no contact practicing. They're not even doing any practicing this week. And then they're going to fly to India. Yeah, hopefully they get – hopefully they pass the test so we can keep my plus 10 and plus 10. Ten and a half bet, but love love Ohio here. Uh, I'm moving on. I hope you don't use the veto on my bobs. No way. Grabbed it right away. I watched Ohio many, many times this year. The one I love stuck was the win over Akron. They did not have Preston missing two guys in that game. Preston, one other person, they crushed Akron 97, 90-7-3 at home while not totally full there. And then they went out, like you said, they smoked everybody in their conference tournament. Just fantastic. They shoot 37% from three. That's even misleading, right? Because guys were out. Preston was in and out of the lineup for a while. He was injured. Cavs have struggled at time with that pack line. They, they allowed 39% from three-point range to Duke, 41% to NC State. Bob, Bobcats aren't going to be intimidated either. They played Illinois earlier in the year, 77-75 at Illinois. Preston went bananas at 31-6-8 and eight in that game. They're ready to go. They're hot. Virginia, COVID, love it. Love Ohio. Yeah, and that was before the emergence of Sears, who gives them a, a secondary ball handler. But look, Vanderplas, McDay, Roderick, these are all th- – Roderick's at 40% from three. Vanderplas, who can step out um, at yeah at that four role, he's shooting at 38% from three. McDay's at 35%. Preston's over 40%. 
This team has shooters. This team is dangerous. Peaking at the right time. I'll get to Virginia team. Defense isn't as good. And they're not even practicing. I don't even know who's going to be available and who's not. So easy choice for me here. Uh, USC, the team that I don't know what to do with my bracket. So I'm glad I'm giving this to you uh, against the winner of Wichita Drake. USC, tons of talent. Uh, and then you look at their some of their results and head scratching. And then you look at their free throws and you get more worried. But the talent is there. They have one of the best players in the country in Mobley. Uh, what are we doing here? They're going to have to deal with Drake. And Drake, they need Hemphill back. If Hemphill comes back, then I think Drake is taking out USC. I feel like they're Taj Edie dependent. If he goes bananas, hits those threes to start the game like they did against Oregon, they can really do some damage. But even USC in that game, when they got up big, they struggled with that press. They were giving it back, giving it back. Oregon was just down way too much. I don't think that's going to happen with Yusefu controlling the point here. They need Hemphill inside. Otherwise, the Mobley brothers should just go crazy. Um, it's totally uh, Shaq Hemphill dependent. If he's back, I really like Drake to move on. I'm going to put USC through because I just don't know what the deal with Hemphill is, although I like Drake over Wichita State. I'll put him through because I, I feel like they're going to be they're going to need a quality Hemphill performance, like 20 and 10, something like that. But Drake has been gutty, man. They've played hard. They battle Loyola Chicago. If they can just get some luck and get things going the right direction, they can absolutely pull off the upset. If Hemphill came back in that opening game there and he ended up playing against Wichita State and had a tremendous performance, I will flip this. But right now, if I got to make the call on Sunday night, I'll go with USC, put him through, but I don't like it. Yeah, I have no idea what to do with this entire bottom portion of the West. Uh, and that – so I, I don't hate it. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked by if, if Drake won either. Kansas, Eastern Washington. Like Kansas, you have these COVID questions. I, Eastern Washington's offense is awesome. Uh, they can space the floor beautifully, shooters all over. I mean, this is an offense that is uber efficient. It's fun to watch. It's hard to prepare for. You know, Kansas's defense is great, which is certainly going to help them here. Eastern Washington does have some – they are vulnerable in certain aspects on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know if Kansas is a team that's going to, like, fully exploit it. I love this Eastern Washington offense. There are questions about Kansas. I don't know if Eastern Washington is up for the test to win this game. They are intriguing from an against the spread perspective but the questions with Kansas make it interesting I'm gonna move Kansas on but it's it's an interesting game I love Eastern Washington with the spread remember beginning of the year they battled Arizona away only lost by three they played Oregon away they folded but they did start tough in that game they shoot the three incredibly well they're flammable and they've had big wins I mean if they're hot man they can blow you out 78 50 against Montana in the second round so they can have big time performances. I really like them in this game, depending on the other players that are out of there. It's McCormick and there's one of the two guys, uh, Anua and McCormick. And there's one other guy, depending on who it is, I may take Eastern Washington to go through. I'm not going to use my veto here uh, because I get it, but I love Eastern Washington with the points with the Eagles. Uh, Shanty Leggins, great job of coaching. This, this offense is going to be explosive. Yeah. They're not that mobile. Like they're they're big, they're really big across the board. Like they're six, they're all like six four to six eight. So you can expose them on the perimeter with like a really good guard and pick and roll. But Kansas isn't, isn't like a a big pick and roll team at the top. So like I don't like it's not like Kansas is a nightmare matchup for them with their offense. So I, I don't hate it. I'm going to move on Kansas. But if you want to get crazy across the, this region, we already have a twelve and thirteen going on. I don't hate Eastern Washington moving on. This is Action Network podcast producer Matt Mitchell here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. 
If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts, plus they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Uh, next up, Oregon VC. Oregon's about a five and a half, five, five and a half point favorite here. What do you got? By the time we get to Thursday, man, I'm going to have Drake versus Eastern Washington in that prior bracket. We are moving on the Ducks. This is not the matchup for VCU, and you saw it today against St. Bonaventure. If Bones Highland gets in foul trouble, he got three in the first half. The game is over. He is everything that they do. Oregon does not turn the ball over. VCU does. So Oregon's going to pressure them. They had the number one defensive turnover rate in the Pac-12. Totally healthy, clicking on all cylinders. I know they lost to Oregon State. I get that in the Pac-12 tournament, but they didn't win the regular season. They're playing very well. Offense is good. Free throw shooting for Oregon. They can make them. VCU, just the turnovers are a problem. And I think with a team that can match them on the guards, that's going to be a serious issue for them. They can spread you out. Dana Altman, fantastic coach. Don't like VCU here. Would have liked VCU in a lot of matchups, not against the Ducks who can control the ball. Richardson finally acclimated, doing very well. Ducks are moving on. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree. It's and Oregon, by the way, they'll throw out a press a lot. VCU's they're known for their pressure defense, force a lot of turnovers. Oregon doesn't turn it over. Oregon, by the way, they will zone, they will switch their defense up, they will press. VCU turns it over. VCU's not a great shooting team. Uh, they'll need bones high on. He's capable. There's a first round draft pick caliber player go crazy, but they're also a really young team. Oregon's very experienced team. Altman in a tourney format. Um, I, I, I agree with you. Oregon moves on. And uh, Grand Canyon, look, very interesting team. They have t- these two, they have twin towers in, in the middle, very tall team. Post-oriented, their guards are a little meh um, and very vulnerable. But I, I love to watch Garza battle the bigs. Greg Ken is interesting, but they're not beating Iowa. I, Iowa's offense is too good. We can move on Iowa there unless you want to veto it. No, Iowa fine. All right, back to you, Gonzaga, Oklahoma. I don't think there's much to talk about here, right? No, Timmy's going to dominate inside. I mean, Timmy, in any other season, Drew Timmy would be talked about like Petrusev was talked about when he's with the team uh, last year, but he's flying under the radar because Kispert's been tremendous and Jalen Suggs is Jalen Suggs, you know, top three pick. But Timmy is a, an issue inside, and this could be the game where he really shows up and he takes advantage of that. All right, 12 versus 13. Uh, I'm, I'm riding the hot hand. Uh, McLaughlin versus Preston will be awesome. I'm taking 
the rocket ship that is the Ohio Bobs. I, and by the way, if you have this matchup, I wouldn't hate if you have UC, UCSB, but I'm moving on Ohio, riding with my boys. Yeah, same. Even if it's Creighton, same thing. Ohio through. Uh, USC, Kansas. God, I hate both of these teams. I'm going to put USC through. I, I don't see Kansas getting it going this year. There's too many question marks. Abaji gets hot. He got hot in the second second half there. I think it was against Oklahoma. He had three threes in like a minute. Great job by him. But they don't have consistent enough scoring for me. There is no go-to guy. They'll have a donut in the middle with if McCormick's not playing, which means now you have to stop Evan Mobley, who could be second pick in the draft after Cunningham. That's going to be a rough, rough spot. So, yeah, I'll move USC through. Almost had about in the first round. But given the bracket we have, I'll put the Trojans in the Sweet 16. All right. Well, could we get an Oregon-USC Sweet 16? I am going to say no, and I have a feeling you're going to veto this. But first of all, in this matchup, this is where they Oregon will really, really miss Dante. And uh, I think Garza could dominate inside. The Iowa offense, we know it's a powerhouse, and they don't turn the ball over at all. They shoot the three really well. So whenever Oregon wants to press or zone, I think Iowa will be ready for it. Oregon will put up a lot of points here. Iowa's defense has been trending in the right direction. The effort is at least there. I believe that is better than it was in the regular season. Is it an elite defense now? No, but they're now up to 50th in adjusted defensive efficiency. And you want to be your total offensive defenses a real national title contender, you want the sum of those to be about 50 or below. I was number two offense, number 50 defense. Um, and their, their defense, I don't know, a month ago was like 130th. So I'm going to say I will moves on. Huge game for Garza. And uh, you might veto this. I know you love the Ducks. Yeah, Vito's coming. I remember when Oregon lost Chris Boucher back in 2017, they ended up playing Kansas in Kansas City, and everyone said no chance they're going to win. Altman came up with a brilliant game plan. They were patient. They deed up. Jordan Bell was a monster. Now, listen, in, in retrospect, Jordan Bell's an NBA player. I get that. He will have something for Luca Garza. And Iowa, I still don't believe in their defense. I know the defense has been better. But Oregon is going to be up for this game. They're going to pressure. They're going to get up and down the floor. I think they would get big performances inside, which they're going to have to to get on the boards there to battle Garza. But no Jack Nunge for Iowa, a little short up front. I believe in Figueroa. I believe in Amaruri. He's played big. He's played against Evan Mobley of USC, so he knows that he has to step up there. I have no problem with it whatsoever. I am using the veto, my friend. We're going to put Oregon through. Gonzaga, Ohio. Uh, I don't think do we do we, we don't. No, I really Zach. think Ohio can do this. No, okay. I love them, but I'll go to Zags. Yep. By the way, that game would be fun to watch. I don't know how Ohio would ever get a stop, and Ohio would certainly put up their points. Um, that would be a track meet. All right, USC Oregon. I am going to say this is tough for me. Um, <laughs> I mean, these teams are really familiar with each other. Um, it's how much can Mobley dominate, and how much is the USC free throws going to matter? I'll trust in Altman. I'm going to move on to Oregon. Yeah, boy. There it is. Very good. Um, all right. So the Sweet 16 matchup of Gonzaga and Oregon, that's up to you. You know, I'm also working on another article this week for action on uh, how to beat Gonzaga. Listen, if you're going to beat the Zags, you have to limit them on the boards. There's been times when few has been vulnerable, you know, when, when he'll, he'll end up going against Florida State. 
And the big got hurt there right before the game started. He was ruled out, but I just don't see it. They have too much talent this year. Remember, they were off for two weeks and they dropped 99 on Iowa. I just think they're a more polished, more deep version of Oregon. I cannot see it. Defense isn't playing better also. If the Zags don't get through, you know, the final four, this is this is built for them. They've earned it. Suggs is a five-star player. He's a difference maker. Zags move on. Okay. Um, all right, let's move over. I, I'm going to carry over my veto. Move over to the South. Song, song of the South. Sweet potato pie and I shut my mouth. Um, I guess I will start here. Baylor, Hartford. This is a, uh, a laugher. Baylor. All right. To you, UNC, Wisconsin. This I could see people arguing many different ways here. Hey, what do you say? I just haven't seen Wisconsin play well in too long a period of time. I know they came back against Iowa there, but that was after the big injury. NC State's guards are terrible, but the bigs inside can battle. There's Baycock, there's Dayron inside, they have Garrison Brooks. I, the guard play worries me because guards in March, right? But uh, Roy Williams, North Carolina, I just can't. I, I know there's an argument here for Wisconsin. I just haven't seen it. I think there's some bad chemistry issues too. And you know if they get down, they just struggle to come back with their style of play. So I'll move UNC on. I mean, yeah, can Wisconsin make like – their offense just goes so standard or so can Potter and Reavers make threes in this game. That'll be the key. Like, cause they can draw the UNC bigs out. Um, Potter can Reavers can he's been awful. Uh, it's so bad. All right. Villanova Winthrop. Look, this is, I think this is a good matchup for Winthrop. This is a extremely athletic team. Look, they want to get out and transition a lot, but their transition numbers are actually not that great. And Villanova plays really slow. Winthrop's half court offense or half court defense Really good. Villanova's has to make do without Colin Gillespie. They lost their last two games without him. That's just a tough player to lose this late in the season. Um, I, I'm going to go with the 12 seed again. I'm going Winthrop over Villanova. I, I got to respect Jay Wright and for him to come up with something, but give me Winthrop. I'm with you. Justin Moore didn't look great either. He had 10 points, but wasn't fantastic against Georgetown. Chris Archie Diacono with the ball. Forget it. I'll, I'll take Winthrop. And they they can score in the half court and they can get out and they're deep as well. So Pat Kelsey, moving on. Purdue, North Texas. I think, Stuck, Purdue is one of the more underrated teams coming into the tournament. I was not on them earlier in the year. I kept trying to fade them. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at it and say, why am I fading Purdue? Maybe they're better than I realized. They had that run in the middle of the year. They played four consecutive road games, Rutgers, Illinois, Michigan State, Indiana. And they had played Iowa away two games earlier. From that, they got real strong. Travion Williams, it goes through him. And Zach Eady inside, the seven foot four freshman, has developed as much as anyone in the country. They are a little dependent on some players, you know, sort of role players making shots. Jaden Ivey, really good freshman. Stefanovic was out with COVID. He's starting to get hot again. I like North Texas. It was a gutsy one coming back against Western Carolina, and they slow it down. But I think I avoid upsets in the first round when a team has a quality big man. I feel that's why North Carolina rarely got upset in the early rounds, because whenever you need a basket, you can go inside to like a Tyler Zeller or a Tyler Hansborough, somebody like that. Travion Williams is too much inside. I like Purdue here. Yeah, and that's why also like a really good senior point guard who can get you a bucket, get to the line late is important. But I agree. They don't, North Texas doesn't have any answer for Trevor Williams, um, Texas Tech, Utah State, really intriguing game here. Utah State is going to make you beat them from the outside. That is just the bottom line. If they have Kata in the middle, 
one of the best rim protecting defenses in all of college basketball. He's a high major player at Utah State. Just a great packed in defense, and they're going to make you beat them from the outside. Texas Tech is a decent three point shooting team. Mac McClung has been meh. Um, you know, Shannon is capable, Kyler Edwards. So they're going to have to make threes, which they're able to do. Can Utah State score enough against this Texas Tech defense? That's the main question for me. Brock Miller will probably have to be hot. Two great coaches here. Um, I'll say Texas Tech finds a way, and mm, Chris Beard makes enough adjustments. I'm not in love with this Texas team, but uh, I'll say they find a way here. Yeah, that's my veto. Uh, you know, McClung hasn't performed well enough ever since ever since he hit that three against Texas. I feel like it's been downhill. They are way too dependent on him to 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 run through offense. Uh, Silva Santos can't make free throws. Terrence Shannon loves a jump shot that doesn't love him back. They just struggle too much, and they're playing a team now that's going to defend like they do. Reminds me that when the upsets occur, it's not a contrast in styles. It's when you play someone who does what you do and is fine slowing it down, right? The old book on Virginia, you want to be Virginia, slow them down. You don't speed them up. I think Utah State plays well here. Kata has avoided foul trouble the entire year. I just don't trust Texas Tech's offense. The turnovers, McClung, very dependent on McClung. You're right. They need Brock Miller, who's back to hit a couple shots. I think it happens. I'll use my veto and, uh, and put Utah State in. Okay. Um, Arkansas Colgate. Bet the over. Uh, I was real impressed with Colgate, although I kept wanting to fade them. And, and I wanted to fade, and I fade them again today, but they were able to cover. I'm going to take Arkansas. I, I like the freshman Moses Moody. Moses Moody. Moses Moody. Little Rock Lightning. You know, just in Collins' honor here, we'll move Arkansas on. I don't think Colgate plays enough defense. I think Arkansas is going to get after him on the boards. Colgate can make threes, absolutely, but I feel they're very dependent on the three for that to happen, and Arkansas is way too athletic. I, I'm going to put the Razorbacks through here, moving on past Colgate. Woo, pig suey. Yeah, and Collins' honor, I won't veto this, but um, – <laughs> This is these two teams want to play super fast. Oh, Colgate in transition is awesome. They're really weak in the post. It, but Arkansas doesn't have like a dominant post player, which helps them. But the guards are really are excellent for Colgate. <clears throat> Cummings, especially Jordan Burns, and he's been here before. Just Tremendous. a great senior program. Then they have shooters all over. So this game, this could get really dicey for Arkansas. And uh, I might look at Colgate with the points, but. And there's still a lot of unknown with Colgate to me because, like, they only played, like, four teams all year in the Patriot League. But there's no doubt they could shoot, and uh, they're going to score here. And, again, that should be exciting to watch. But I'll let you I'll let you slide with Arkansas and Collins honor. Florida Vatech, I don't know. I mean, Vatech has, has had every game canceled. They've, they beat one tournament team, I think. Virginia Tech, since, uh, since February 1st, has two wins. Miami in overtime – and wake at home. That's it. Two wins since February, since January 30th. I mean, that's, I, they haven't been playing. They, so I'll take Florida and Trey Mann. He's been on a tear. I think he'll be the difference. So I'm going Florida here, but uh, I got to dig into this one more. Yeah, I was, I, I would have backed you here. If I, if I had a veto, I'm not using it. Florida with the win over Georgia, Auburn, Kentucky. They played well. The West Virginia went away. Also impressed me. Castleton inside is better than I gave him credit for. Uh, they can get a little sloppy with the turnovers there, but they should be able to defend the three in this one. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't have used it even if, if I had it left. Florida is the pick for me. 
All right, Ohio State, Oral Roberts. Yeah, move them on. Ace Miss is great. I mean, Lee score in the country. O'Banner was fantastic there in, in the in the conference final. But yeah, a Buckeyes move on here. But fun game, this one. Ohio State perimeter defense is vulnerable. Oral Roberts plays zero defense. And when I say zero, they're one of the worst defensive teams in the country. They won't get any stops. But Ohio, they can put up points with those two in the pick and roll. And I mean, they could put up 70, which they might have to. It'll be fun. I might think about throwing in, like if I'm doing multiple brackets or this is an interesting 15 seed because they could just score. You know, if Ohio State's off from three, um, you know, they could win just a game that's like 85-80. So we'll, we'll, we'll go with Ohio State here, but um, or Roberts is definitely an intriguing 15 seed. All right, Baylor, North Carolina. Um, I just don't trust the North Carolina guards enough against the, the Baylor men. I mean, if North Carolina's, they're all freshmen. Their entire backcourt is freshmen. I know that their front court is excellent, but Baylor can bang with them too. I am a little worried about how Baylor's look post-COVID, but I don't think Carolina and their young guards are ready for this yet, so I'm moving Baylor on. Yeah, that's the one. I, I would really, depending on how North Carolina dies, I'm really going to give a look at it because since Baylor's come back from uh, the COVID pause, Iowa stayed home. That was close. Lost to Kansas, non-competitive, 13 points away. West Virginia overtime. Oak State, of course, at home. Late push against Texas Tech to get that one to a blowout. Kansas State and, and the Big 12 Conference Tournament. Seriously, guys? Win by six. And then the loss to Oklahoma State. So have not looked good, but I don't know if North Carolina's the matchup. Uh, the bottom there stuck. I'm going to put Purdue through. I, I like Winthrop, but I think Purdue with the big inside, they'll be able to play defense. They certainly lock down on the perimeter. Again, I think Purdue is a team that's not sexy maybe to the average fan, but they have a lot of those pieces. And Matt Painter's a good coach. I'll put Purdue through. Yeah, uh, I'm going Arkansas. They showed me too much over the past two months. They've proved to me that they're a legitimate team. and They were, they were winning consistently up until this past weekend. I, I don't fault them too much for that one loss too much athleticism here and uh, they could score on the outside which is what you need to do against Utah State so I'm moving Arkansas on Colin would be proud Woo, pig suey. you know you may veto this one I, I don't like Ohio State I know they've played well of late but I there's something about them that I I just think the regression is coming at some point I mean Dwayne Washington makes some of the craziest three-point shots that you will see I'm going to put Florida through. You may knock this one out, but Florida with the big inside, they're athletic. They can defend on the perimeter there. EJ Liddell's a little hot and cold. I like Florida. Something about Ohio State, I just can't buy into them yet. Uh, Vito, I mean, I just (laughs) – because I also could see Florida losing to Virginia Tech. So this is a little bit of a hedge too. But the one consistent aspect of Ohio State all year has been their offense. And they're going to score here. And at times – when Trey Mann isn't just complete, I, I worry about the Florida offense. So I'm moving on to Ohio State. Um, all right, so this is more of a chalky. This isn't the, the West where we had a 13-6-7 in the Sweet 16. Uh, but you know, you also you don't want all chalk or you don't want all upsets. Um, so this is how I like actually like to build a bracket too. Um, some crazy regions, some straightforward regions. Baylor-Purdue, this is tough. Um, Do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, wait, look. Purdue, I got a Purdue sweatshirt there on. There it is. Boilers. <laughs> there it um, is. Good we're going call. Boilers, Matt Painter. Something just isn't – just not clicking right with this Baylor team. Um, I think that the Purdue is like a year away from winning it all. But uh, they can get to the lead eight. I'm going Purdue. 
66% from the free throw line. They turned the ball over. Even when they were hot, they were turning it over a lot against Oklahoma in their early win. Totally love this pick, Stuck. Great job. All right. Uh, Collins, Arkansas versus Ohio State. I didn't like Ohio State against Florida. I'm not going to like against Arkansas. I'm going to move Arkansas ahead. I, they're like a mini Alabama. They can get up and down. They have comeback potential. They've played well in the SEC. Fantastic run at the end of the year. Shoot the threes. Uh, you know, maybe you'll pull your second one here, but I'm going to put Arkansas through and get the SEC in. Well, this is the podcast bracket, and uh, let's do it, Colin. Arkansas <laughs> is through. Woo, pig suey. I am not videoing it. I'm not putting Arkansas through over Purdue. Yes, yes. Can we get serious now? All right, down to the east, Mount St. Mary's, Texas Southern. Yeah, we have Matt Cox who's going to talk about that game. He's going to give us three favorite picks. All right, before we get to the east, I want to tell you about our friends at Athletic Brewing Company, makers of America's most flavorful non-alcoholic beer. Around here, March Madness is our favorite time of the year. But if you're looking to take it easy on the booze this March and just focus on celebrating the season, through some good, wholesome gambling, Athletic Brewing's award-winning beers are a great option. Because for years now, Athletic Brewing has been making great-tasting beers that celebrate the innovation of great craft beer, but without the alcohol. So if you want to support the show, head to athleticbrewing.com. Check out their selection and place an order using code ACTION15. That's ACTION15. This gets new customers 15% off their first order. And if you order two or more six-packs, shipping is always free. That's athleticbrewing.com. Use the code ACTION15 on that first order and enjoy great taste while keeping your gambling edge. All right, uh, Michigan, you don't need to talk about that. LSU St. Bonnie's. Oh, this is uh, my, I, this is so hard for me. LSU's offense is a powerhouse. Uh, there are so many different scoring options. Cam Thomas. But their defense is really questionable. The St. Bonnie's defense is awesome. I'm going Bonnie's. That's a good call. That's the right answer. Very good. Right answer sound effect, Matt. That was good. Correct job there. LSU, listen, away from home has not been great. They had a nice run in the Southeast tournament. Lost at Georgia. Lost at Arkansas. Bama got blown out. Kentucky lost by 13. Listen, they are hot, but St. Bonaventure matched up well with them. Osuni inside is great on the offensive boards. He doesn't foul. They don't get in foul trouble. The issue with Bonaventure is the depth. They don't get in foul trouble. They're going to win this game. Yep. Yeah, and I think he can stay out of foul trouble in this matchup. All right, Colorado-Georgetown? Oh, the big pillow. I've been telling you about Colorado. I do not buy them. It was not shocking the loss to Oregon State there. I understand Georgetown was not in the tournament, but they're playing really, really well. Chudier uh, Billy has been fantastic over the last few games for them, has really stepped up on both offensive and defensive areas. They get rebounds inside. Javon Blair hits big shots for this team. I do not trust Colorado. I know the metrics you're going to tell me, 82% from the free throw line. McKinley Wright is great, but Batty's a little spotty. He did not look great against the Oregon State bigs. How are you going to look against the Hoyas bigs? I'll take the Hoyas here. Moving on, ironically here, a third 12 over a five, right? Yep. Don't hate it. UNCG, Florida State. I, I This UNCG team stinks. Um, and they play they very pressured defense. I love Isaiah Miller. I love Westmore as a coach. But that's about all they have. They can't shoot. And look, they turn teams over. Florida State will turn it over. They live on the offensive glass. Florida State's been vulnerable against teams that can offensive rebound. But the athletic mismatch here Florida State's going to create so many mismatches like Isaiah Miller can't cover anybody everybody and I don't know how UNCG scores in the half court with Florida State's length I there's I, I don't see Florida State losing this game yeah agree cosine uh BYU versus the winner of uh Michigan State UCLA 
I'm going to take defense over offense with Michigan State and put them ahead of UCLA. And then I'm putting Michigan State ahead of BYU. Just I know Mark Pope can coach. I get it. But they're going to defend the three. It's the one thing that Michigan State they can do well, defend the arc. Aaron Henry is a matchup nightmare for them. Matt Harms inside. People talk about him, some massive transfer. Yeah, my, Matt Harms looks really good against Pacific and Portland. Let's see Matt Harms go up against Michigan State. It's going to push him around. Used him from Purdue there. Izzo in March. I'll take Michigan State all the way through. Texas, uh, I'm going Texas over Abilene Christian. I wanted Abilene Christian. I might think about them with the points. They are basically Texas Tech on defense. They play no middle defense, and they just – they are extremely aggressive and they force more turnovers than any team in the country on a percentage basis. And on offense, it's a post-oriented offense. They have a lot of size. I, I but I, Texas has seen Texas tech a few times. The athletic mismatch here will be big. And then they have the size inside. Texas can lose focus at times, but uh, I, I'm moving Texas on. For UConn, Sonogo's just got to stay on the floor here against Maryland. It's a, it's not a great matchup with, with UConn because the guards can D up. And you saw if Connecticut can't make shots against Creighton, they can struggle. Sonogo's got to stay out of foul trouble. They have an advantage. I love UConn. We talked about the futures. I'll put the Huskies through. Um, Iona, Patino versus Alabama, this will be great. But uh, what basically what Iona wants to do is and their offense can be ugly at times and they've dealt with a bunch of COVID stuff, but they do have two senior guards and Isaiah Ross and Asante Gisso, like they're reliable guards and they want to pressure you on defense. They want to extend pressure. It's a Patino defense and they want to force turnovers. They have major turnover issues themselves, which is going to be shown here. And uh, look, they could maybe force Alabama into some mistakes, but Alabama has enough ball handlers here and a big talent mismatch. Uh, Alabama's with the goal. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, uh, back up top, Michigan Bonnies. Bonnies through. No Isaiah Livers makes a huge, huge difference. Dickinson inside against Osuni. Listen, Dickinson has been wonderful, but he's still a freshman. Osuni stays out of foul trouble. They have guards that can match up. They'll give an Illinois-like performance. And Livers is a big, big deal for Michigan. I'm putting the Bonnies through. If I, I'm not going to veto it. Uh, a boy. Go yeah, on. if uh, Osuni can stay out of foul trouble. That's going to be the key. Like if he gets this or if Dickinson gets his second or like who's going to get their second foul or third foul first, but they actually have a guy in the interior that can match up with Dickinson. And that's what creates a lot of these mismatches for Michigan and then creates their spacing and then creates open threes for a lot of their shooters. If look, and you have these junior guards for Bonnie's if, and they have been playing very well lately, you know, Lofton and Holmes and Welch, they're making their shots. Bonnie's can pull this off. So yeah, we'll, we'll go with the one seed going down here. Georgetown, Florida State. I mean, Georgetown, they only lose the double digit seed, so maybe I shouldn't, but uh, I, I think the slipper falls off here. We've talked about how much we love Florida State in, in a tournament setting with their athleticism and height and defense and depth. So I'm going Florida State. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I just, I'm not going with Florida State, so I can't use a veto on a team I don't like. Listen, this is a great draw for Texas. No matter who they get, I love their draw here. They're battle tested. They're coming off the, the the Big 12 title there. Shaka got, you know, the proverbial monkey off the back, the whole thing. They're winning. They're, they're hot. They have the guards inside. Jericho Sims was good. He And what's even impressive, Stucky, is Shaka did not put Greg Brown back in that game in the semifinals after he mouthed off to him and walked down the tunnel when he took him out of the game. They won despite him. Brock Cunningham did a lot of nice things on the floor. I'll put Texas through. I have him against Michigan State, but whoever they play, I'm going to put him through. Bottom, UConn, Alabama. Book night, baby. Gets it done. Wow. Upsets Alabama. I can't. We have a future on that. I can't, I can't complain about that. I really can't. No problem. Bonnie's FSU. 
Bonnies are going through. Listen, we know FSU has a clunker at some point, and we've been on the Bonnies team all year. They got guards. They have the big inside. They're going to have to attack them. There's always an issue with Florida State. They just can't put it together. This is too tough a matchup. Bonnies go through. Vito. Uh, oh. Florida, State. Uh, Florida State, they look, this is what Florida State does. They get they, they're gonna get high. Then I don't know. I mean, it's tough. I can see the argument for this is the game that Osun gets in foul trouble. I think FSU finds a way, but it'll be a hell of a game. Uh Texas UConn. I'm gonna say, oh man, this one is what a game this would be. <laughs> There's only one answer. I don't care if you don't give it because we're doing it. <laughs> All right, I'll say Texas. Uh, I know that you, you have to veto. I'm going to veto. I think there's an advantage inside. I think there's a coaching advantage as well. Uh, Book night shows out here. They start making some threes with Cole. I'll I'll, I'll veto you, put UConn through. All right. uh, Final four. It's a podcast future. It's been my final four pick for a while, so I'm going Florida State. Holy shit. That means Gonzaga, Florida State in the final four, which would meet for a third straight year, a third straight (laughs) tournament, I should say. They played in the Sweet 16. I wrote about this the other day. I say, are we going to get part three? So, yeah, we have Gonzaga, Florida State in the Final Four. All right, Midwest. You know what the Midwest is, young and restless. Uh, all right, we can move Illinois on against Drexel. Loyola, Chicago, Georgia Tech. Uh, I got Georgia Tech. I, I know people are going to like Loyola, Chicago, but Georgia Tech, Alvarado, uh, Moses right inside, ACC Player of the Year. I think he gets to limit Crutwig. He's not going to fall for the head fakes, and they're going to D up there. Pass does a good job. I'll put Georgia Tech through. Yeah, but the way Georgia Tech wants to run their zones, and I, I don't think that Loyola is going to be able to do what they want as effectively. And and Georgia Tech actually has a big that can defend Crutwig. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Georgia Tech, uh, Tennessee, Oregon State. Look, you want to pick a twelve-five. This is an interesting one because Oregon State will throw out their shifting zone, and Tennessee can't really shoot. But I think Tennessee's found enough offense lately. I don't know how Oregon State will score. They're red hot in the Pac-12 tournament from three. Not a good three-point shooting team normally. Uh, I think Tennessee wins, but I wouldn't be shocked if they can't make a three and Oregon State's around late. I'm done with Tennessee's defense. I'll blow my last veto here. We will do four 12 seeds over five. They have have inside, outside. They've been hitting threes. They're playing well. They're hot, right? The hot team always gets going here. I'm done with Tennessee. I'm done with it. They've had some miracle comebacks, too. And this is a good coach team. I'll use my last veto, put Oregon State three of four 12 seeds beating fives. Wow. Liberty, Oklahoma State. Oh, Cade Cunningham is tremendous. You know, I was dying to put Liberty through. I wanted to see Liberty versus Virginia with Richie McKay, you know, against – He's a, he's from the Bennett tree. I cannot do it with Cade Cunningham. I can't, I think it's a stylistic matchup and I think they can definitely get them in trouble. They can take some charges on Cunningham. That was a terrible attempt at him to get the third. Uh, he got his third foul is charged with five minutes left. That's really where Texas opened that game up in the big 12 final. I'll put Oklahoma state through, but I don't love it. I think Liberty is super dangerous. McGee's a fantastic guard. They shoot 40% from three as a team, basically 38%. Oklahoma State, but I'm hesitant. Yeah, Liberty's a good matchup for them. I think I'm going to be on Liberty. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. I mean, Oklahoma, this is a good matchup for Liberty. Liberty is going to pack in their defense. And Oklahoma State's strength is not shooting. It's to get dribble penetration. Um, And then, you know, forcing turnovers. And Liberty can shoot, man. This is a scary game for Oklahoma State. I wouldn't be shocked if they get bounced. Uh, But I won't use my veto here. I might have Liberty in some brackets, though, and I definitely will be betting them. Uh, San Diego State, Syracuse. Uh, this is a tough one for me. Um, San Diego State has been 
they, I mean, they when they played the Air Force, I mean, their numbers versus zone this year, and I know it's because it's skewed because of Air Force were extremely well, but they could shoot. I mean, this team could shoot, and that's what you need to do against Syracuse. Syracuse is always tricky with their zone, but I, I'll, oh man, I, I don't. This one I'm going to agonize over all week, but I'll go San Diego State. Well, oh, I wish I had veto. I, they just haven't impressed me away from home at all. But yeah, okay, San Diego State's through, no problem. West Virginia, Moorhead. Well, this will be interesting. As soon as I saw this matchup, I started thinking back to, I think it was 2016 when West Virginia was a three seed and got pretty much beaten soundly by Stephen F. Austin, 70 to 56. Moorhead State's defense is legit. They are going to get after West Virginia. They're going to battle inside. Broom is a tremendous player, such an underrated player, Johnny Broom, across the country. I like Moorhead State. I'm going to put Moorhead State through. I think it's a bad matchup for Huggins. Miles McBride has been hot, but he's a little sketchy at times with the shots. They can mat- they can limit Culver inside, and their defense has impressed me throughout the year over and over again. I'll take the Eagles. Upset alert. I don't hate it. They, I love their defense, and the, like this West Virginia defense is not the same. I, the turnover issues and the free throw shooting for Moorhead worry me a bit. Um, but I think that there's some regression coming from this West Virginia team. They give up way too many open looks. Can Moorhead State hit them? I, I don't know, but they're going to defend, and I, I'm not a big believer in this West Virginia team. That losing at home to Oklahoma State without Cunningham. That's it. Like, That's that was it, bad. Yep. Uh, so I won't veto it. Clemson Rutgers. Uh, this is a rock fight, rock fight USA. I mean, this is, this could be first. it should be first to 60 wins. It's your, it's our podcast future and I'll go with Rutgers, but I'll be regretting it when they miss a million free throws. That's the correct answer. I'm with you. Rutgers again, matches up with Clemson. They're going to D up with them. They're going to get in their face. You know, they have, they really, they had a lot of action going on. They were proud playing Indiana there in Indianapolis. They have a little swagger to them. I know they don't make the free throws. I get it. If Ron Harper can get hot, they'll be back to where they were in the beginning of the year when they played Illinois. So I like it. Houston is beating Cleveland State by 100. So I'm not even letting yeah, you yeah. get to that. Illinois, Georgia Tech. Love Georgia Tech. Love them to death. But uh, this Illinois team's on a different level. The line, I move on. Agree. And uh, Oregon State, you know, I got the veto, put him ahead. But Oak State, Kate Cunningham, too hot. Avery Anderson, too, really impressive when he was out. Dropped 30, I think, against uh, against West Virginia. So, yeah, Oak State moves on. Yeah, as long as Oak State can spy Liberty, I think that they're fine. I agree. Um, and Oak State, Illinois, woo, what a game. San Diego State, Moorhead State. I'll go San Diego State's very good. They don't give up anything in the paint. I don't trust Moorhead State shooting. I don't really like the San Diego State team, but you could easily have Q's here. I I, I, I could see either or. Uh, Rutgers, Houston? I think it's a matchup, man. I, I'm going to put Rutgers through. I'm just not buying Houston. I know they rebound like crazy, but the offense can be up and down once in a while. This is a good matchup. They have a good coach. I think this is what Houston did not want to see. Houston, to me, is the weakest of the two seeds by far. By far, I'm even surprised they got a two seed. How'd they end up battling Memphis? Is Memphis that much better than Rutgers? I don't think so. Memphis was right there in all those games. I'm going to put Rutgers through. Vito, I can't trust Rutgers' <laughs> offense. I can't Fair trust enough. Rutgers' offense. Um, and uh, Grimes will make some shots. And just, yeah, Houston can actually make some outside shots. And and they're free throws. So I think that's what that's the difference. Maybe. Rutgers can muck it up for us, but Vito, Houston through. Um, Illinois, Oak State. I love you, Cade, but this is uh, this is Illinois all the way. 
San Diego State, Houston? Yeah, I'll put Houston through there. I think San Diego State was one of the I, – I don't think they were the best team in the Mountain West this year. In fact, you know me, I'll put them third. So we have them going the Sweet 16. That's far enough. Put the Cougs through. All right. Uh, Illinois, Houston, I'm going Illinois. Agreed. Okay. And then down to our final four, Gonzaga, Florida State, Arkansas, and Illinois. Um I'm already going to answer the one on the other side, which is Illinois. Sorry, Colin, Arkansas is not beating Illinois. Uh, so Illinois is in the national championship. Gonzaga, Florida State. It's going to be the Zags. Gonzaga, Illinois. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the I'm trying to think how we should decide who the national title winner is. Um, oh. Is that an equal number of picks? Who would you take? Tell me who takes if we agree. I mean, I'm taking Illinois. That's been my pick all year. So, like, I, I can't – I'm sticking my guns there. And you're probably going to take Gonzaga. I would have taken Gonzaga, but that's our future. We got to go, Ellen. I'm fine with it. I love the Zags. If Mark Few's going to do it, he's going to do it with a five-star player in Jalen Suggs. Timmy inside can limit Coburn, but I'm fine with it. I think it's a coin flip. They've been playing hot, Illinois. No problem with it. Let's go with Illinois as our national champion. All right. There's our, our bracket. I'll, I'll enter this into some contests. Gonzaga, Florida State, Arkansas, Illinois is the final four. We got some good upsets in here, and uh, it should be fun. Before we get out of here, here's our three picks from Matt Cox, three-man weave. Take it away, Matt. We got two first-round matchups, but I want to open with an appetizer. Play-in game, one of my favorite bets, actually, on the board. Talking Mount St. Mary's against Texas Southern. I am all over the Mount in this one. Terrible matchup for the Johnny Jones coach Tigers. They're basically a one-man wrecking crew right now with Michael Weathers brush off a pretty impressive performance to carry his team to the WAC title, but they're catching a Mount team that features three guys that stand 6'9 in a starting lineup. Unlike most mid-majors that play small, fast, they space shot, they shoot it. Dan Engelstad's gone completely the other direction. Trout's had a three-big lineup, very unorthodox, very old-school throwback. That length and size will bother the crap out of Texas Southern in this game, especially for a team that relies so much on its rim attack, its drive, getting to the line, getting second, third chance opportunities on the glass. Mount St. Mary's eliminates all of that. I see this game being ugly, low scoring. I like the Mount at anything above pick. I think they should be favored in this game. I have them minus two, according to my numbers. So you get in a pick or better, it's good value. All right, my next matchup here, we're going to first round action. Brings back so many fond memories of 2019, the Colgate Raiders, when my boy Jordan Burns went nuclear. Yes, he hung a 30-burger on the Tennessee Volunteers, who at the time was one of the best defenses in the country, loaded with size and talent and athleticism. It didn't matter. He was basically a cheat code against one of the top defenses in the country. Fast forward to here now, after last year's devastating home loss at home to Boston U in the conference tournament, they now get to hit the reset button after they just finished off their conference tournament championship revenge tour. They're now in the tournament. They're back in the dance. Matt Langle and the boys run pristine, nuanced offense that will be a nightmare for the Arkansas Razorbacks to contain. It's going to be an up and down pinball game back and forth. You could argue that the favorite will play a little bit higher in this game. They played a little bit higher number, but with the way Colgate can spread out Arkansas, they can slash, they can get that backdoor action. There's perpetual motion on the perimeter. I think Jordan Burns, Nellie's Cummings, and the sharpshooters, the cavalry of marksmen that they have there, will be a lot for Arkansas to keep up with. Sure, they can put up points of their own, but I think the Raiders can go right with them. We've seen them put up 90-plus multiple times this season. They're overvalued in the net, but they're not overvalued in this spot. Sorry, Colin, had to do it, but I am with the Raiders. I like anything eight or higher. And for my final best bet of the opening round, I'm looking at Grand Canyon. 
catching a big old spread against the Iowa Hawkeyes who have deserved that respect the way they played all season. Uh, one of the top teams in the big 10, no one can question that they can put up points with the best of them, but the other opposite or opposite them on the sidelines will be Bryce Drew, one of the great X and O tactician game planners in the country. What he's done with the grand Canyon this year, taking a team that already had talent and elevated it to another level. It's what all good coaches do precisely what he's done this season. And he's doing with size up front, Asborn Midgard, the former Wichita state transfer seven footer, a beast inside deceptively mobile, the perfect type of guy that you want to check Luca Garza, because what you can't do is double them. And that's what so many big 10 teams and other non-conference foes that try and play Iowa, they try and double them. And that's when Iowa gets those kickouts and rotations and they get white hot from three Grand Canyon, they're not going to shut down Luca Garza. No one can. But if there's a team that can keep him in check and a player that can keep him in check, it's Grand Canyon. It's Asborn Mickgard. It's a Bryce Drew coach defense, which is well-connected, very cohesive. They're going to keep the pace slow. They'll prevent Iowa from getting up into a, a trackmate-type game. That should play really well for the large number that you're catching here if you're going to back GCU. I like anything above 15. Thanks, Matt Cox. That was a lot of fun, Randall. Um, let's go get to work because we're going to be back midweek. We will record in-depth previews, and we're going to go back to back. So we're going to we're going to have an episode going through every game on Friday. Like anything you want to know about these games, we're going to cover, and then we'll stop it. We'll get that out, and then we'll go through another episode and record for the games on Saturday. I'm excited. You're excited. We're all excited. Both those episodes will be out by lunchtime on Thursday. Make sure you consume that Thursday afternoon. Help pass the time as we're all counting down to the first game. It's Christmas week for us degenerates. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, you know the deal. Um, we're going to get to work on these games. We'll have tons of content out on ActionNetwork.com and the Action Network app. Thanks for listening again, and we'll catch you all later in the week. Cheers. Quote Bart Scott, can't wait. We're finished talking. <laughs>